This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan continuing. I'm Tim Donnelly. Phone lines are open 1-800-636-1067. But right now, we're using the phone lines to to get one of the weekday guys to join us here on the weekend. Grant Paulson from Grant and Danny. You can catch him every weekday, 2 to 6.30 p.m. right here on 106.7 The Fan. Joins us now. Uh, Grant, thank you for for taking time out of your weekend to jump on with us. Uh, the the news of the day, and it, and it looks like per your, uh, your Twitter, you've confirmed it as well. The commander's currently planning on giving Sam Howell the first chance at the starting quarterback job in 2023. What's your first reaction when, when you hear that's being mentioned in offensive coordinator interviews? Yeah, Tim, I think it's pretty smart, frankly. Uh, I think what they've done is, and they still have some work to do on their offseason plan at quarterback, but mm-hmm. I think they've kind of internally realized there's enough support for this player based on how he carried himself all year long, and maybe even most importantly is funny as it seems in in the game that they saw him when there was some concern with some in the building maybe that he wasn't quite ready to throw him into the deep end of the water uh, that how he performed against Dallas gives them hope that he can provide what they got out of the quarterback position this past season at a minimum they feel like you know maybe he is a better version of of what they've been getting from say Taylor Heineke I think that's kind of the floor they're hoping Uh, they're going to throw their assets I think at positions around quarterbacks you know, last year they went into the offseason and they went big at the QB position. Obviously, that didn't work. They traded too much for Carson Wentz, and he kind of fell on his face, and as a result, they missed the playoffs. But I think based on the result of going big at QB last offseason and the fact that Hal now has enough support in the building from the staff, they're going to try to move forward uh, and benefit from a quarterback on a rookie deal which is one of the great assets in football. I expect them to make the offensive line their biggest priority, free agency in the draft, and uh, try to give him a legitimate chance at the job. Now, make no mistake about it. I'll, I'll be succinct here, but mm-hmm. that does not mean definitively that they're not going to do anything else or that he's definitely the guy. Now, as of right now, he is the plan. He, he's, they're going to give him a chance to be the quarterback, but you know, if somebody falls in the draft, if someone becomes available in a trade, I don't think they're closing the door. They're still doing evaluations on all the available players. But their first plan here is that Hal's going to get a real shot. And if they wants to bring in a veteran to, to maybe compete with him or something like that, that maybe they'd go in that direction. But they're not expected to. And I'd be really surprised, based on what I heard today, Tim, uh, they're not going to go out and try to make a big splash with one of the big-name quarterbacks this offseason. Okay, Grant, a lot that I want to I want to dive in on. One of them is – uh, and and thank you for passing along all that information. One of them is, um, you said that there were some in the, the the building that were a little leery of throwing him into the deep end. I think is is the term you used. Are they putting too much stock in one game? If you know week seventeen, it was like I don't know if he's ready for the deep end, and then after nineteen attempts in in week eighteen, now all of a sudden you're penciling him in as the starter. 
So it's a fair question. A couple of things. Number one, I think that um, not knowing who was on the side of play this kid and who wasn't, you know, it's hard to really say that. Now, they've already made one change, as an example, at offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And I'm not scapegoating Scott Turner because I don't know how he felt, but how do we know that he wasn't one of the guys, just as an example, who said he's mm-hmm. not ready and, and maybe the people that are still there were more uh, on Hal's side? I mean, that's a possibility. I'm not really sure. So I can't speak specifically to who his fans are who aren't uh, in terms of prior to that final game. But, yeah, I think if you make any major evaluation on just one football game, it's a mistake specifically in a game in which he completed 11 passes and only threw the ball 19 times. But I do think the evaluation is a lot larger. They saw how he acted all year long in the locker room and on the practice field. They studied him intensively coming out of college. And I would also say this, it was only one game, but this is not an undrafted free agent or even like a seventh-round pick a la Brock Purdy. This is a fifth-round pick, yes, but a guy that I've heard that they had a second-round grade on. And a player that, remember, going into his final year at North Carolina was a projected first-rounder. Going into that final year, there were people who thought he'd be the first quarterback off the board, that he could be in play at number one. And I don't say that to say that he's going to be the next great quarterback in the league. I think that's unrealistic when you draft a guy in the fifth round, and we have to be reasonable about that. But this is very different than a guy like, say, Taylor Heineke, who was undrafted, who played at Old Dominion, right, who competed mm-hmm. against players – at just a level that's not the same as Hal, who had a lot of success in a power conference in the ACC. I mean, it's, it's a very different resume, and I think they're betting on not necessarily needing someone to be great. Like They don't necessarily ideally want to have to spend huge at the position. They'd rather – you saw it last year, you saw it the year before that. They want to run the ball, they want to play defense, and have someone that can do just enough kind of at quarterback. And if, if that's going to be the case – you know, maybe their idea is after spending $30 million at the QB position last year for two guys, or a little more than that, you know, what if they could spend less than $10 million this year on two guys at the quarterback position? How much of it is, and you kind of referenced this a little bit, how much of it is a direct reaction or maybe, maybe you know, correction from the Carson Wentz decision? One of my favorite things in, in the NFL is if a defensive coach is fired, you can usually bet the house that an offensive head coach is going to be the, the next hire because it's just, you know, we want to do everything different. They, you mentioned they went big last year, spent a lot of money, traded for a high-priced quarterback in Carson Wentz. It didn't work out. It seems like promoting the fifth-round pick going into his second year after one start is the polar opposite of that decision. Is this just distancing them from that decision as much as they possibly can? I think so. Yeah, I think that was a learning experience in some way. And that isn't to say that you wouldn't be bringing in quarterbacks this time that are a little better than him. I think Derek Carr is a better option. You know, we, we now, with the information we have since, I'm not a big Jimmy Garoppolo guy, unless Kyle Shanahan's coming with him. But I, I would say he would even be a, a better fit here and a better option than Carson Wentz ended up being. That said, you know, in the conversation I had today with someone with the uh, within the ranks and kind of the knowledge of how they're thinking, I would just say that um, the fact that they spent so much on Wentz and it was prohibitive of them doing some of the other things that they wanted to, whether that was on the offensive line and at other positions around him, I think that they want to go the complete different direction. And maybe Powell's not going to be a star. I think that's perfectly reasonable to expect and plausible. You know, maybe he's even a tick below average, but that it's able, you're able to mask that, you're able to, to work around that if 
instead of having an offensive line with an interior that's a big problem, you know, that's a strength, let's say. You already have the receiving core. They really like their running back room. I think they need a tight end, although that didn't come up in, in kind of what I was hearing today. But, you know, they really want to address the offensive line, and, and they think whether it's Howell or, you know, let's say someone else, hypothetically, even though they want it to be Sam Howell, uh, that's going to be the best way forward to try to improve on offense. That, that familiar voice you hear is Grant Paulson, Grant and Danny, weekdays, afternoon drive here on 106.7 The Fan. He's, he's jumping on overtime on 106.7 The Fan on a Saturday to talk about the, the news broke earlier today by Jonathan Jones at CBS, but since confirmed by many, including Grant, that the commanders are penciling in, and it's important to say pencil, uh, not pen, are penciling in Sam Howell as their starting quarterback for 2023. Uh, Grant, does this make it harder to hire an offensive coordinator when you're you're kind of – in, as part of the interview process, saying like, "Can you make it work with with Sam Howell?" It would, you know, logically eliminate everyone that's not a huge Howell fan. Uh, yeah, probably. The second part is definitely true. I mean, if you're an OC and you're taking this job, I think you got to study the film on Sam Howell going into your meeting. And if you don't like what you see, you're probably not as interested. I would also say, though, I'm I'm not sure that you're necessarily married to Howell in that you're coming in here and they're going to want you to give it your best shot to have him ready for week one to be the starter. But you know, an offensive coordinator is going to have some say in uh, whoever they'd like to bring in as well as a backup probably, right? If they've worked, and I'm just making up names now, but you know, if they've worked with Jacoby Brissett in the past, if they've worked with uh, whether, you know, whoever it might be that's out there, a Mitch Trubisky or a Marcus Mariota, you know, they might be able to bring in one of their guys as a safety valve, so to speak, that they're more familiar with. But, uh, you know, the big question to me in terms of hiring an offensive coordinator is less about working with Sam Howell because I don't know that that's going to be a huge concern. I mean, this is a you know draft pick last year who's got some upside. I'm not sure why anyone would be completely opposed to that. I'm more curious how are they going to make it work in terms of finding someone who wants to – run the ball first Mm -hmm. as much as they'd like to and who's called plays before, frankly. I mean, and who is willing to take on the job, Tim, because I think if you're an OC at this point, you're almost certainly looking to become a head coach Mm -hmm. and you don't frequently get head coaching jobs, you know, after joining a staff where you come in to kind of do it, the opposite of sexy, right? You want to get a job by designing some fun plays and being a pass-happy offense. Those are the guys that get hired. So I I just think it's a tough uh, lane to walk right now to try to find run-first coordinators. Uh, That's why I think they're probably going to end up with someone who's a little bit older, maybe some old-school thinkers. But the other thing is this staff is in a make-it-or-break-it year, right? I mean, Ron Rivera, his entire crew, the regime in the front office under him, Marty Herney, Martin Mayhew. These guys are going into year four as an era here under Rivera, and it's going to be, you know, make it or break it, put up or shut up type time. And I think that makes hiring an OC a little harder, too, because you're coming in here. You're obviously going to expect that everything's going to work out and you're going to thrive and, and that everything's going to go very well. But if it doesn't, you know, you're joining a staff that could be out at the end of the year and, and you could be out, too. So there are reasons why I think it's going to be hard to hire an offensive coordinator that they really like, but I'm not sure if Sam Howell's at the top of that list. Last question for you, Grant, and thank you again for, for taking time out of your Saturday. Um, you mentioned it, that you're 
you believe that this probably this little report here that's come out and everything you've heard probably puts Washington out of the running for the the big fish, right? The the Derek Carrs of the world. But yet everything I see, and and I'll read straight from your tweet, he'll still have to win the job, right? I'm saying he'll still have to compete for it. He'll still have to earn the job. What type of competition do you see them bringing in? Like what level of quarterback, what type of experience do you see them bringing in to make Sam Howell, you know, be pushed in that competition? It's a really good question. So the first thing I would say is I think that the idea that you want to make sure he knows he's got to win the job, he's got to earn it, is what you have to say, even if the job is his, frankly. I think you do that first and foremost for him so that he doesn't think he's being handed anything. So you tell him right now, hey, Sam, you've got a real good chance to be our QB1. We're going to give you every opportunity. You're the front runner for the job, but you better earn this thing. You show up on day one ready to go, and you take this bull by the horns. So I think that's kind of just saying what needs to be said. If you named him the starter today, There'd be some backlash on that, understandably, for two reasons. One, because why wouldn't he have to compete for the job as a fifth-round pick who's thrown 19 passes in this league? You know, why are you crowning him and anointing him? But also, number two, why are you moving on before the offseason from the possibility of upgrading the most important position, right? And mm-hmm. I think they are also acknowledging that they are still not going to close the book. If something happens in the draft that's unforeseen, you're not – saying we definitely aren't taking a quarterback. You know, if somebody falls 15 spots to you and isn't supposed to be there and now is, well, best laid plans change, right? Mm-hmm. If, uh, if a team calls, you know, let's just make up a hypothetical, whether it's the Ravens with Lamar Jackson or some other team in a good quarterback situation, we think, decides to go in a different direction, you're going to pick up the phone. So I think, number one, it's just not definitive they're not going to write this in Sharpie because there's no reason to. They don't have a game to play tomorrow. They're not putting out a depth chart tomorrow. It's uh, it's January 14th. There's a lot of time between now and camp. And I think you also just need to say this to tell the player, whether you do it directly or through the media, that you're not going to be given anything. Now, Rivera's also, remember, Tim, going on record here in Washington after he gave Dwayne Haskins the starting job, so to speak, early on, that he regretted that. He said that he really should have made him earn it and that the following year there would be a quarterback competition. So my guess is this. Sam Howell's going to be the QB one at the start of camp. I think there will be another veteran who's brought in here as his backup who he will be, in air quotes, competing with. I'll say a guy like a Jacoby Brissett type. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it's a, a Mitch Trubisky type who they'll bring in with a new offensive coordinator. And we will hear that it is a competition how will win that competition, both because maybe he outperforms them and because they want him to. And that's how I see it going, barring something unforeseen. I think they want to spend their money on retaining their own talent. That's pain, that's curl, that's sweat, those types of guys. And on bringing in reinforcements on that line and at positions where they feel like they've got to elevate the quarterback play with supporting cast help. Grant, it's going to be a really fun show on Monday. Thanks for giving us a, a little appetizer here on a Saturday. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. Be good. Once again, that's Grant Paulson. You can catch him on Grant and Danny right here on 106.7 The Fan, 2 to 6.30 on weekdays. You can also follow him on Twitter at Grant H. Paulson. Uh, he's he's right there in the mix getting, getting all the information when it comes to the, uh, the Sam Howell 
penciled in as the starter in Washington. I'll have some reactions to what we heard from Grant. I also want to hear from you. Phone lines are open right now for the listeners. 1-800-636-1067. Uh, anything surprise you about Grant's reporting on, uh, on Sam Howell? That's coming up next. Stick around. overtime on 106.7 The Fan. 1-800-636-1067. Andy, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say about how? Ken, how you doing? I've, I've enjoyed your show today, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sure, buddy. Um, in in, in uh, relation to Sam Howell, I, I do think he has a chance. Uh, from what I saw in preseason and this last game against South, why not give him a chance? The last thing I want to see the commanders do is flush down a couple number twos for another has-been old uh, quarterback that might be out there, whether it be Carr, whether it be Rodgers. Man, that is the last thing they ought to be doing. I say go with this guy. If, they, if they're able to pick up another veteran at a cheap price, okay, fine. But you know what? Rebuild that offensive line. Uh, put some stock into the, the linebacker situation. Uh, and keep away from, give, from giving up valuable draft choices that could have been possible starters on this team. I'd like to make another comment. You had Grant Paulson on just a second ago, and I had to address this. Every time Grant gets on, it's like he's the ultimate uh, Kyle Shanahan fanboy. He has to throw (laughs) Shanahan's name as being some kind of a a quarterback, a whisperer, some offensive genius. This is a guy that lost – to the uh, it was the Patriots or, or Tampa in the Super Bowl while they were leading by four touchdowns. In addition to that, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan was the guy that picked uh, John Beck, uh, Rex Gross, and two of his buddies uh, to run that offense. Turned out to be the biggest bust. Gave up, what, three number ones for Trey Lance, and now can't even get that guy on the field. Uh, you know what? Enough of the Kyle Shanahan, he's some kind of offensive genius. All they need is a good, solid offensive uh, coordinator to come in, call plays, and, man, go with Hal as far as you can go. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, Andy. Um, no, I, I mean, I'm not going to speak for Grant. Um, the, the, you, you can uh, take that up with him, I'm, I'm sure, on Twitter. You can follow him, at Grant H. Paulson. What I will say is Kyle Shanahan's pretty darn impressive. Now, I don't, I don't think he's, he walks on water, um, but maybe he's learned a few things since his time in Washington. Um, and also, it's uh, just to you know clear everything up and, and put everything on, t- on the table. He was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta when they gave up the 28-3. to uh, He was not the head coach when they gave up 28-3 to to the Patriots. So just all the context there. But great call, Andy. Appreciate it. Call line is open, 1-800-636-1067. want to touch on the first part of Andy's conversation uh, before, before he had his, uh, his words for, for Grant, which is you don't want to go spending a ton on the next qu- quarterback. You don't want to overexpend your resources on the next quarterback when if Sam Howell is capable you you can you can have him already on your team I actually and I'm gonna mix now ready now we're, we're talking about the call from Andy and we're talking about the conversation we had with Grant just a, a couple minutes ago when I brought up the compete when I brought up the yes to earn it with Grant because everyone that's reporting that that the commanders are penciling in Sam Howell as the starter, there's always the addendum, but he will still have to earn it. Uh, they still expect him to win. They will bring in competition. So I asked Grant, I said, what kind of competition? And, and his response was essentially, uh, they have to say that. A, they don't want the player to think anything's been given to them. And B, 
if something does fall into their lap, right? If, if a quarterback that they have a first round grade on is suddenly available in the second round, or if someone falls 15 picks, they want to be able to go, go grab that. So they're, they're basically, you know, CYA, they're covering their, you know what, right? It's, it's so if something unforeseen happens, they can then turn around and say, you know, if you read back the court, if the court reporter would read back my, my statement, you will see, I did not perjure myself. I said he would have to earn it. Right. I kind of like the idea of if you are going to spend big on a quarterback, if you are going to trade up, right, if you're going to give away a bunch of first-round picks to move up or give away a bunch of picks for Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr or this guy or that guy, I like putting as many obstacles in the way as possible. Okay, I like I like making it as embarrassing, right? I I like you having to go against your word because I only want you to do it if nothing will stop you, right? I I have this conversation every year going into the draft. When it comes to a quarterback, if you're sitting there saying, well, if they fall to 15 overall, if they fall to the mid first round, I think we'll go up and get them. I'm saying, no, don't go get them. Don't go, don't trade up to 15, Okay, only get a quarterback if you are willing to move heaven and earth to go get them. Only draft a quarterback if you're willing to cut off appendages. Right? I'll trade my right arm for that quarterback. If you're going to if you're going to go in the first round because you need to love a quarterback that much to give them the resources and time. I mean, your entire franchise after drafting a first round quarterback has to Go full 100%. Every decision we make is to help that guy develop. And if you don't love someone enough to take them top 10, but you love them enough to take them top 15, I don't think you love them enough. So if Washington comes out and says, Sam Howell is our guy, he's going to have to compete, but Sam Howell is our guy. Well, if if they do go get another quarterback, they're going to have to love that other quarterback so much that they're willing to go against their word, right? That they're willing to say, ah, yeah, before, uh, didn't mean it. They're going to have to be willing to not only give up the picks, not only give up the, the draft capital, not only pay the money, but also another obstacle would be going against what they said. So I, I like adding obstacles because if you like a quarterback enough, if you love a quarterback enough, Nothing's going to stop in your way. doesn't matter if two weeks ago you said 100%, Sam Howell's our guy. No doubt, I will never waver. If you love the next guy enough, you'll go, ah, I didn't mean any of that. So it's another obstacle. I don't, I don't hate that at all. Uh, this is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. You can call in 1-800-636-1067. Quickly here, we'll go to Ed in Maryland. He's on the call in line. Ed, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say about Howell? Yeah. Yeah, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I think it's the uh, the best thing that they could have done uh, uh, making this decision to uh, uh, to likely start uh, Sam Howell because it does a couple of different things. One, the, the players who are there are already comfortable with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Two, it gives them more of a of a chance that they'll go ahead and uh, bring Zampezi uh, up uh, from the QB uh, coach spot to the offensive coordinator. And then the other thing is people have got to stop looking at uh, Sam Howell as a fifth-round pick. Uh, he's much more than that. He's someone who was picked in the fifth round, but he could have easily have gone uh, higher. 
he has he's got more yards during the time that he was there than anybody else in the power in the power five conferences. I mean, you know, when we look, and I'm not saying that he's going to be uh, um, uh, the the next uh, 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 t- uh, Tom Brady, but Tom Brady was picked in the sixth round. Dak that, that Prescott picked in the fourth round. You know. This is somebody who's going to be better than anyone we can draft in the first round. So why not give him a shot? Great call, Ed. Appreciate it. Uh, a lot, of, uh, a lot there we've talked about, but a, a few new things. Uh, I want to bring up the timing, right? Even if you like the Sam Howell decision and you you feel like he can be, should be, will be the guy, should be given a chance. January fourteenth, little early, maybe. That's the next part of the conversation. We're going to have it coming up next right here on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Again, call line open 1-800-636-1067. Don't go anywhere. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Tim Donnelly. Phone lines open 1-800-636-1067. Just as we've been doing all day, we're getting to the bottom of what led to and what will come from the news uh, first reported by CBS sports that Sam Howell will be the starter in pencil for the commanders next year. And, and obviously the starting quarterback and, and even offensive coordinators uh, that are potentially interested or interviewing for the commander's offensive coordinator job are uh, being informed that they likely will have to play call for Sam Howell next year. Uh, Barring something something crazy happening. So that's the story. Uh, I want to go to Dennis in Spotsylvania. He's on the call-in line. You can be as well, 1-800-636-1067. Uh, Dennis, what do you have to say about uh, the Howell situation and the news that's breaking today? Well, I think they definitely ought to go with him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think this year, I think I was a little surprised that the way they played Heineke, and I love Heineke, it seemed to me that they cur- curtailed his running like they're afraid he was going to get hurt. Like they didn't have a backup quarterback, and I, and I think they did. I think, um, I think they had Howell, but I think they were so um, taken with the Wentz uh, deal that they they felt that they had to justify him and put him back in. So I think they need to go with Howell. I think they need to play him, you know, aggressively. He needs to play smart, not try to get hurt. But he needs some – I mean, they need to take advantage of his skills. I think in this league you have to run a little bit as a quarterback. So that's pretty much what i got to say, but I love your show. Thank you very much. And, Dennis, fantastic point. And, and it's one that I hadn't even made yet, so I'm going to elaborate a little bit here. Uh, so great call. Call back in anytime, 1-800-636-1067. Um, it did feel like when Heineke was starting prior to Carson Wentz getting back from his injury, prior to the, the, the IR stint being ended – it did feel like they were telling Car- uh, Taylor Heineke. Now, this is obviously just what it looked like and felt like. We, we aren't in the quarterback meetings. But it felt like they were telling him, hey, we know you like to run. We know you like to dive for pylons. Uh, we know you like to kind of captivate the team with your toughness as a quarterback. This is the team talking to Taylor. We need you to make your priority number one staying healthy because with Carson down, we don't want to have to go to the, the, to the rookie. Which, again, just emphasizes how much opinions inside that facility appear to have changed on Sam Howell over the last month, maybe even over the last 10 days, right? One of the things uh, Grant brought up when we were talking with Grant Paulson at the top of the hour is 
that there was an element of we're not sure we want to throw Sam Howell into the deep end. And then once they did, pleasantly surprised, they liked the way he handled himself the final week of the season. But there is a gigantic difference, like Grand Canyon-sized gap between we don't want Taylor Heineke to get hurt and then we'll ha- we'd have to go to Sam Howell to let's pencil him in as the starter for next year. There's a giant gap between I'm not sure he's ready for the deep end and hey, on January 14th, let's go ahead and pencil him as in as the starter for 2023. That's that's a large leap to make. And I think it's interesting. Now, obviously part of the timing of this is tied to the offensive coordinator interviews, right? If you want to tell an offensive coordinator before you hire them that they're likely going to have to be working with Sam Howell, then well, if you want to hire your your offensive coordinator, you're going to have to tell some people. This is very early. I mean, we are a week into the offseason. That is very early. I usually subscribe to the theory of you wait as long as you can to make a decision. Not procrastinate, but there's always more information to gain, right? There's always more information to learn. So it, the longer you wait, the more likely you are to be better informed on the decision. So the fact that they did this January 14th, A, yes, it might just be 100% driven by the, the offensive coordinator interviews. B, it might mean that you know they're super comfortable with the information they have, and this is all part of a bigger plan, which, as a caller said earlier, some fans are just happy they have a plan at the quarterback position. Because it feels like there's they, they've been very reactionary rather than proactive over the last few years. Justin and Gaithersburg's on the call in line, 1-800-636-1067. Justin, thank you for calling in. Oh, this is going back to an earlier conversation, I believe, the caller with Purdy and Shanahan. But but how does that situation relate to the, the Washington situation? Well, what, what's, what's really going on is uh, everybody around here needs to get a little bit of a reality check because – no way did Grant talks about a Shanahan like he does because he knows we let a bunch of people out of the organization that should still be coaching for us, or at least one of them should be still coaching for us. I called in, and I, I was the one who said, uh, we need to go ahead and get the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers and Get him going, get rid of Ron, and get rid of Heineke. And I said, by the end of the Cleveland game, that everybody will be looking for Ron and Heineke to be gone. Now, what happened? Carson played the the Browns game, but before that, everybody was done with Heineke. Everybody was ready to see how. Everybody wants, wants Ron gone. Everybody does. We got to do the exact same thing that San Francisco's doing right now. Run the ball. Let 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 Sam Howe play exactly like 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 Purdy's playing right now. And if it doesn't work, oh well. Then we got a good draft pick. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is just a see if it works kind of year anyway. Ron should be gone. Until everything's gone, everybody needs to know there's there's plenty of things that are going on that that have nothing to do 
nothing to do with the offensive coordinator, and nothing is ever going to get better until you get somebody in there who knows how to pick up offensive linemen and knows who, what to do with quarterbacks. Ron has no idea what he's doing with the offense, so we're just going to be screwed. And that might be the best thing for us now. Hopefully we only get three wins and we get a good draft pick and then we can start all over like the Jaguars did and start building a real team instead of just sitting in this mediocrity that everybody wants to do with Tyler Tyler and Ron. Get them both gone. They're not the answer. <laughs> it's time to move on. Let's restart. Go ahead. All right, all right Justin. Th- thank you. Uh, you know, it's it's good to see that, that you're not a uh... – not distracted at all by this Sam Howell news. The the passion is still there. So so we appreciate the call. Um, you're it, it's been said before, and I just want to yes, the Kyle Shanahan it sounds like there's a little bit of a, a hate for Kyle Shanahan out there. It might be some you know the one that got away that that Shanahan Lafleur McDaniel McVeigh I believe Raheem Morris was on the defensive side of the ball that that staff. Um, yeah, I, I get it, right? It was a Mike Shanahan uh, staff, but you know the one that got away always always brings up some emotions. And uh, I think Kyle Shanahan's a really good coach. I think Washington would love to have him back, but if 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 he's not, I do think an offensive head coach would be the way to go. You, hearing you say that you want to go to get San Fran's defensive coordinator and and all that, uh, I think after watching what's developed under Ron Rivera, if you're going to make a gigantic move like that. You're going to want somebody that can get the offense on track because the defense has has some dogs on that side of the ball. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. We're going to put a nice bow on it. Coming up next, stick around. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Tim Donnelly. Getting ready to wrap things up here. Caitlin back at the studio as she has been all all really morning and afternoon here, uh, doing a great job. Phone lines are open, 1-800-636-1067. As we wrap up a day that that really became about Washington's quarterbacks, specifically Sam Howell, um, unexpectedly, right? The, the day began with, you know, I was thinking we would jump on the air, we might talk a little Derek Carr. I was thinking we, we, we might grab some uh, Jimmy Garoppolo conversation, who's going to be, where's going to be, maybe draft. And then there was the report. Jonathan Jones was first. Everybody else uh, confirmed it with their with their own sources, meaning Grant, who we had on the show, Grant Paulson, uh, Nikki Jabala, Washington Post, many others. The report was that Sam Howell is penciled in as the starting quarterback for Washington and that offensive coordinator candidates are being told as such. They're being told that Sam Howell is the, the, the 2023 starter at the moment in interviews. And... A lot jumps to your mind when you start hearing that. I also want to tie it into what we're going to see later today, right? Seattle at San Francisco, Chargers at Jacksonville. One of the cool facts about today is all four quarterbacks are making their playoff debut. Also, all four quarterbacks got there a very different way. Geno Smith rode the roller coaster of an NFL career for a decade. Now he's getting his shot in the playoffs. Uh, Brock Purdy did not ride the roller coaster for a decade. That guy's been on a rocket ship for two months. Seventh round pick straight to the top. He's in the, the playoffs and he hasn't even lost a game as a starter yet. Trevor Lawrence, everybody's all generational talent, making his first playoff appearance. Herbert, although a, a elite blue chip 
prospect. Everybody loved him. Well, not everybody. He was the third quarterback taken in his own draft. Number six overall. It's very different how these four guys got to the playoffs, but they're all there. So we do need to take that into account, right? Uh, I believe it was a caller earlier that said every player needs to be individually assessed, and I agree with that. And if Washington is confident that Sam Howell can be a playoff starter one day for them, then you put all your chips in, 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 in the middle, right, for 2023. You go grab offensive linemen. You, you get him an offensive coordinator that, that suits his skill set. You, you do all of that. Because as today shows, Seattle at San Francisco, Chargers at Jacksonville, uh, there's a billion different paths to being a starting quarterback in an NFL playoff game. Sam Howells would be an unusual one from a fifth-round pick, getting a spot start in Week 18 to being a starter in the playoffs. It would be an unusual one, but there's no reason, once you make that decision, not to put full faith in him. Uh, I want to get one more caller in here. Chip and Burke wants to to talk, uh, so we'll go to him. Again, that call-in number, 1-800-636-1067. Chip, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have to say about Washington and, and the Howell decision? Yeah. Yes, can you hear me? Yep, we, we got you. You're on the air, man. Okay. Okay, brother. Thanks so much. Hey, look, I, I have a really appreciated listening to the show. I jumped out of the car for just a short bit after Grant uh, mm-hmm. was introduced and Grant made some opening comments, and I just listened to your close. But I have to agree, for me, right now, with the, with the franchise in a sort of a state of potential transition and the, and the uh, idea that we're going to bring in a young quarterback who appears to be a bigger, faster, stronger, uh, better arm guy, uh, somewhat similar to Heineke, I would say the smart move and the safe move is to go after offensive linemen because if you can come up with offensive linemen who can work with a, a can create a pocket for a young quarterback who's going to be throwing over the line a little bit but can also roll out to throw and then create the, the run opportunities uh, that would help support him, then you have brought in a crop of very versatile uh, offensive linemen who could really adapt to any type of system. So if, if you're looking to bring in a new offensive coordinator uh, and you're looking to be versatile with regard to the type of system and, and you're, you're looking for a young guy like Howe to begin to mature uh, and develop and have some success, offensive linemen are the key, and I think that's really the smart move. You're, you're 100% right on that, Chip. Thanks for calling in. We're, we're up against it, so uh, I'm, I'm going to react quickly here. Uh, Offensive linemen, you know, I say it all the time. They're and uh, they're boring, right? But they're also safe. Okay, uh, if you are a GM and you just want your fan base to universally go, all right, then when you have a top draft pick, take an offensive lineman. Everyone will go, okay, that's fine. And and the reason being is because you can always use more. They're so valuable, and you can always use more. Nobody will ever get mad at you for that specific uh, situation. Quarterbacks, though. They're the most important position in sports. I want that to be clear. And Washington appears to be rolling with Howell. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I've appreciated interacting with all of you. Thank you for hanging out with me uh, this afternoon. And, and you know, well, I'll be back next week, same time, same place, from noon to 3, Overtime on 106.7 The Fan next Saturday. So uh, thank you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games tonight. And I guess we all just keep our fingers crossed that Sam Howell's the guy. Uh, <laughs> see you. Have a great weekend. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 